Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Hello everyone, you're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show in partnership with Allianz. My name is Paul Rouse and I'm joined by the former Mayo footballer and manager James Horn by the former Cork footballer Paddy Kelly and by Morris Brosnan, the senior sports writer with the Irish Examiner. Paddy, game management. There's a couple of seconds left in an All-Ireland final. You have the ball in your hands. It's 2010. What are you thinking? Um, you're, you're obviously referencing back to Mayo yesterday and their, their game management or, or lack of game management yesterday, I think, um, against Armagh, throwing away the 5.8. Yeah, I guess in that circumstance we were we were a point up down and just got it back to a point and Fintan Gouda got a, a kick out and I picked up the the free. It was it's one of those where in hindsight I've looked back and then I probably should have gone for a switch to a cornerback coming out into space. Um there was pressure on everywhere. I ended up Daniel Goulding had kind of drifted out. I tried to put it over the top of him and he caught it and uh kind of ended up being the kind of last play. But uh yeah, look, it's it's all about possession. I think you have to work it short. I'm not sure if teams have developed, you know, with, with short freeze at that stage in terms of creating space and, and and guaranteeing possession. But um going going to Mayo with it yesterday, they 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 had plenty of possession that last five or ten minutes whenever things went astray, they just coughed it up a lot. Um I was kind of thinking of the Guardiola mantra of, you know, the best form of defense is attack, where you know you, you carry the ball forward and you you keep possession up top. As opposed to inviting pressure into your own 45 where they can squeeze the play. Um Mayo just like yesterday came down to individual errors, poor decision making on the ball. Um and up top they wasted a couple of opportunities when it was really about working the, the percentage score. Um it'll be a sickener, but going back to buzzwords and learnings and all that, um I'm sure Kevin McStay will be saying, you know, two draws from the opening two games, undefeated. That's that's not a bad start for Mayo. Yeah, you're Killian O'Connor, you're crossing you get the ball just turning into the Armagh half, just over a minute left. You've runners left and right. What would you do? I think what he did, he gave me a white hole. McLaughlin was fine. I think Owen McLaughlin made just a rush to the head outside the boot uh, at a very difficult, difficult angle. You just work, you'd work the ball around. You'd try and, if, if they didn't have the numbers back, you'd, you'd have a go and maybe try to take a man on one-on-one -on -one and, and earn a free. Um, again, it was just, just poor, poor decision-making by one individual. There's, those kind of things that happened last week as well from from Galway when they when they got possession from that that free the drop short and when their lads just just booted the ball out it's those things that teams you know players learn through experience and I'm sure that'll be referenced this week uh, you know how do we close out a game um, I don't think you try to invite them on I don't think you try to hold possession I think you you push on and you you get the ball up to the opposition half and then you can drift the ball back and you can suck them out and then punch a hole but. Realistically, you're looking to, to buy a free, to slow the game down and, and, and to give it to Kilno O'Connor to Wayne O'Donoghue to, to get another point to get you further ahead. But uh, yeah, it was it was down to some poor individual play. I thought they got turned over. Like even Aidan O'Shea got turned over twice in the last five five or so minutes. Uh, the goalkeeper tried a, a risky hand pass that was that ended up being a, a score. So all these things, just panic creeps in. Um, they still had plenty of possession, but... Look, it's only the league, and they they still got a point out of it, a point up in Armagh in what looked like a you know it's a cracking venue. Um, 
that was a uh, that was a very decent game. Both sides come away from that very very happy. I'd say. James, when you saw Killian O'Connor with the ball, what what would you advise him to have done? Um, yeah, yeah. Paddy summed it up well there. It was an interesting one. It was it was funny. Killian sort of got the first phase of play. He's the guy you wanted someone else to be there for, for to give it to him. If, if you understand what I mean. So as well when Kid, it was an unusual situation when Killian got it. Like there was. He had, he had almost too many options. It was funny. There was you know McLaughlin not right. There was a there was a, a a sense of a goal chance. There was a, a Mayo player. I'm not sure who it was that ran deep on on on, on the opposite flank. Um, and for a moment, there was a cross field pass on there. So yeah, I, I think actually what Killian, like Killian uh, uh, would be one of the smartest players in the country, and I have no hesitation of saying that the, the way he plays and how he crafts the game. So he he gave the percentage ball to to Owen, which was was right. Owen was brought on. He's a, he's an incredible athlete who was to stretch it. So so I think that phase of the play was right. Owen Owen looking to stretch it. Um, Owen didn't see a direct pass, a simple percentage pass. And Killian was trying to loop round outside him again. So the percentage play would have been similar to what Paddy said: pass it out to Killian, a couple more passes. And when you're in that that time frame, players can sense when a ref is sort of going to blow or what's going to happen or, or nearly when's or you know an experienced player when's the right time to take the shot because you know the ref will blow it on the restart or whatever so what you're either trying to do is play down the play it down uh get it on to your to your experienced guys and, and yesterday that would have probably been a killian or a ryan or whoever you know who's who, who's good ball winner smart with the ball and can win a free if needed so so Try and get it to them. They have an option, um, or you keep you keep passing it to play it down, and and if you need to take shot or whatever. So so it's along those lines. So they they, they started that off right. Just just Owen couldn't see the clear pass and 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 thought, um, you know that if you put the ball dead anyway, um, it 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 would have been blown. So so but but he shot it so quick. The ref sort of felt give it another give it another give him another chance, and and, and it went from 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 there. But I think. Again, I agree. What with would him. you say to him? What would you say to him after the game? Say to him. If, if you if you were in the Mayo dressing room after the game, what would you have said to Owen McLaughlin? Let's learn from that. What what options had you? What options would you like to have had? Did you did you have the support you needed? How what, what would you execute differently? Uh, you know what what was the what do you think is the right thing? What have you learned from that? That's that's the conversation. Um, the idea of going in and and. You know, and the, you you can feel the sort of commentary after what the hell did that out of that. So so, um, but it's having that conversation and 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 and, and learning from it. it and and when when you were managing Mayo, did you practice out those kind of scenarios? Is that a thing that happened? Is it, is this practiced out, or is it reliant on to large extent on principles and on the instinct of players? I you would you'd you'd go through you'd 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 have scenario planning sessions where you'd you'd go through you know what are the five or six scenarios that you typically can face in games you know up being down with possession without possession black card man up man down you'd you'd, you'd practice those uh, and go through them and tailor a lot of sessions on on that and try and create the pressure that you'd have in games now games are are different and 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 all that kind of stuff and it was it was some atmosphere has been referenced up there yesterday and, and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, so if you it like, it's like everything. If you look at it hard enough, there's and I've always said it. There's, there's brilliant learnings in there. So so I'm sure uh, Kevin and and the guys and the players will 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 take a big learning from that. In a sense, was the damage done already? The manner of what had happened. Not, not that obviously that was the the the, the door had been opened at, at that stage. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think you look at you sort of go back to the old root cause sort of analysis when you when you when you when you look at it really. So you know, five points up uh, with how how many couple of minutes to play or almost reaching reaching full time. Is is there a sort of a nearly a subconscious decision or a conscious decision just to withdraw a little bit. Um, you know, like Mayo's press on on, on, on Armaz kick out yesterday, I, I thought was the reason Mayo were such in such a strong position. I thought they were excellent. I thought Ethan Rafferty was struggling and Armaz were struggling <clears throat> on their kick out. But Mayo were really, really impressive on that. So that that they withdrew from that and, and withdrew a little bit to 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 shore up the defence, if you like, for the last couple of minutes. Let's hold it out. But I I, I think it's an awful interesting one because you, if you have a mindset, right, where, and they were Mayo, I thought Mayo for, for 35, 40 minutes yesterday were brilliant. I, I, I really did. I thought they were strong, they're running, they're decision-making, courage, courageous. I, I thought everything was good. So when they're five up and you try and see it out, if you overdo that, you withdraw. So immediately you hand over momentum to an opposition and momentum is crazy and how many games have we see, seen it in where, where you give a team in, in any sport you give team momentum um, very quickly things can go awry and then you know panic stations etc etc so it's about to, to me the, the key learning from yesterday is when you're in that position um, or teams are in a position like that how can we still be a threat while maybe securing the back a little bit more if, if you understand what i mean about it. so it's not having everything back so that you're no threat whatsoever so you're completely inviting them on so it's about still being able to punch when you do get the ball or, or, or want to counter attack it looked to me that in the fpd league and against galway mayo had worked on a new defensive structure at the end of a game and you saw it after old mclaughlin's miss where everybody pulled back and it was almost like like let's let's meet them at their seventy, and we'll we'll try and be compact here, and so they got caught between wanting to be compact, but then in wanting to be compact, they went away from what had put them in the position yeah. to be five ahead in the first place. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Somewhere in between is is the <laughs> might 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 be the optimum, you know. Um, but but I I think the positive thing is that. They're looking at those things. They're working on those things. You know, you can see change in the shape and the format. Um, but a lot of the character and, and characteristics of, of the team were evident yesterday. So, so they learned a huge amount from yesterday. They, they will, um, and 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 move forward with it. What did you think of it, Morris? Uh, I thought it was really interesting. I think it's something. It's something I've been thinking about a lot this week because of I was at the Galway game last week, as Paddy mentioned, when when Carl Sweeney cleared that ball to to Ronald Unu, and then. I was at UL played University of Galway in a Sigerson Cup, a repeat of last year's final, the quarterfinal during the week on Wednesday night there. And that game actually went to extra time and UL were a point up, very similar situation to what Galway found themselves in the night before. And Galway were attacking, there was two minutes left in extra time and it was kind of a similar situation. Ball broke on the 20 minute line and Paul Walsh from Kerry got the ball, very similar to Cos Sweeney. And 
I don't know, lads, if any of you know Dangan, he just blew through it, was aiming for the river in, in Dangan there, blew through it out over the sideline. It was like, and if anybody knows Dangan, there's no way anybody's scoring from a sideline on a February night uh, there either. So it was very evident, put this ball out, get back, reset. And sure enough, they held out to, to win that game. And I think, like the way I think about this, probably there's two options. To, if you park the, the ethical concerns here for a second, like there's there's a tactical strategy and then there's kind of a, what you would call maybe a strategic strategy, which is, some teams would look at being cynical. So I think, like Paddy, you mentioned 2010. I, I can remember that vividly. I actually think that attack broke down and you you went up and forced a turnover again. It was it felt like to me, it was we'll play this game in your half of the field for the, the, the close of that. The alternative is actually what, 2007, Kerry, I have a vivid memory sitting in Crow Park, Kerry playing Dublin and Colm Coop gets the ball and literally solos to the corner flag. Like, like literally, this was like soccer. We're, we're going to wind this clock down. We're going to hold possession here. We're a point up, very similar scenario. And then on the flip side, then you've the, the alternative. I'm sorry to do this to you now, James, but like, I'm, I'm kind of curious why in 2017, what Dublin did to you with a point up and pulling everybody down. Like why, I'm, I'm conscious, right? I'm the only one here who hasn't been in an incongestion. So pardon me for this, it might be a simplistic question. Why wouldn't you press that kick out? And if you lose it, to resort to what Dublin did, like pull someone down, take it, it, the game is up here. It felt like to me what, on this podcast last year, it was discussed a lot, what Armagh did against Galway in the quarterfinal. I don't know if you remember that. Before Kelly McDade's equaliser, uh, Kieran Donny explicitly called them all back. It was like, this was, we're a point up, concede this kick out, everybody back inside their own half and we'll defend from here. I thought it looked like to me, Mayo did the exact same thing. Interestingly enough, yesterday, it was everybody back inside their own half here. It felt like, given the the style of refereeing the whole game, he was only going to wait for. It felt like, to me that the go to option there is press this kick out. If we lose it, park the the moral dilemma there for a second. If we lose it, pull down here. Like, why wouldn't they resort to what Dublin did in twenty seventeen, for example? Yeah, I, I suppose like you have a couple of, as I said earlier, scenarios planned, right? And and. You know what you'll do if this, that, and the other, and you talk about that before games and you're practicing your last training session. You, you, you know, you'd go through that, and that that team now are, are developing. I, I, that's sort of what I was intimating earlier on. I, I thought the strongest part, one of the strongest parts of Mayo's game yesterday, was, was that they're pressing the kickoff. Yeah. I, you know, there was a lot of shots from TV from behind the goal for every kickoff, so you got a really good, got a really good picture of how Mayo were setting up. They were screening, they were putting at least three inside, and they had three on the on the half four line, and they were they were they were reading Ethan Rafferty's kickouts really well. They were going early, so they were influencing Rafferty's kicks hugely. So they were and they got great they got they got great go out of that, you know. Um so I I I would I that's what I would have gone with. And then depending on the how the break goes, you know, to, to alluding to what to what you're saying, depending on how the break goes, you set up from there. You know, and that can if you if you win the break, you can play it out. If you lose the break, you know what's what's the what's the right thing to do based on where the game is at. Um, so so you can then get your get your number sorted. So it's a, look, it's a fine line, and it's it's where a team and a group, whatever that team and group feel is is, is right and are practicing or comfortable with. That's that that's what you do. You know, Morris, you 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 referenced that Dublin team, and we pay tribute here in the past to Dublin's extraordinary athleticism. And their brilliant skill level, but they were also capable of a right bit of cynicism. And do you want to talk about that Galway Dublin Galway league match in particular? Because it wasn't just in an All Ireland final. Yeah, like so. I think Paul, the the thing, one of the things that that Dublin team were best at was game management. Was 
in in multiple scenarios. If you recall the 2019, they're going, they're trying to create one last opportunity in the draw at Ireland final, and John Small literally stands in the middle of the field and holds his hand up in the air. Like it was, it was very clear that the the signal for all, we're all on the same page here. Where they actually ended up manufacturing a chance for Dean Rock's free, which he which he missed uh, near the sideline. But the I just just remember vividly the march after that. Uh, the 2017 All Ireland final, they were down in Pierce Stadium in Galway, and a similar scenario pointed up, and the game just became lawless. Like it was, those bears being pulled on. There was actually a guy on, on Galway Bay going ballistic on commentary that day, um, Park Joyce. I don't know what ever happened to him since, but he was going absolutely nuts. <laughs> like, about uh, he might have taken over the Galway team, <laughs> Morris. I'm not sure. He was going, I just going mental, like you know, spelling out they're pulling down Damien Comey here. They're very clear. I think he had took particular issue with Philly McMahon, was really took issue with the way they and. I, to, to a certain extent, I understand why, like, I, definitely if you're on the receiving end, I understand why it's frustrating, but it would have been really interesting to me last year, Paul. It would have been amazing. Nobody talked about this because of the drama, understandably, the drama and the skill of Sean O'Shea's free, but it would have been, it would have been really interesting if the referee gave Dublin one more play there, purely because it would have been really interesting to see what, what were Kerry about to do. They were a point up, Sean O'Shea is turning to, he's roaring something at Joe Connor. Uh, they're, they're a point up. The kickout gets off. I don't know if you remember that kickout goes off, and David Clifford puts in a tackle, which was very similar to the tackle in the junior All Ireland final this year. Like, this was, you know, red, yellow, black. I don't care. You're not. You're going nowhere. Like, and it would have been. It would have been. To what extent was that his instinct, and to what extent was that their go-to plan? It would have been really interesting to see had we seen how that would go. And I'm sure at some stage this year we will see how they will manage a similar scenario. But I definitely do think like you you have the option if you have the ball and are you going to try and control possession and then you also have a choice without the ball and I I just it was found interesting that Mayo decided to concede the kick out not try and go after it and if you're you know you the chances are he's going to play you're you're playing away the chances are a referee might give a team an opportunity to level it up and, and play for the draw so but whereas if you're going to foul why not foul in their half and then continue to follow back the field as much as possible. But I appreciate that's a simplistic breakdown of it. But I, I do think that's a lot of teams. I think that's what Dublin would have done. The, the great Dublin team would have done in a similar scenario. Paddy, were you ever coached to foul? Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, you, you would certainly have been uh, encouraged, especially as a forward, to the half foul and just the cheap foul. Um, yeah, 100% you would have been, been encouraged to, to slow the thing down. Um, and did you do it? You would have been, you know, it never came naturally to me. Um, I'm not claiming to be whiter than white, but just um, at all levels, club level, intercounty level, you'd have been, um, you'd have been told to slow it down, you'd been told to to foul up, um, you know, to, to allow fellas to face the ball, so you're not on the counter attack. <clears throat> I think every every single intercounty team is, is is at that. There's no there's no question about it. Some are better than others. Um, it's 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 one of those where you look at, you know. Not to bring in rule changes, but if that kind of thing develops and there's obvious cynicism in terms of slowing contracts, you know, there has to be there has to be severe punishment because that just spoils the the run of a game. And as the lads have mentioned, if someone wants to go like like the Dubs did or um, and just shut things down completely, it, it makes a mockery thing because it just results in 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 you know headlocks and handbags. Um, but no, I, I would be shocked if every every county team has not been told forwards have not been told to follow more. Morris, Jim, what, what happened said, in the All Ireland final? What happened in the All Ireland final last year when with with Kerry and Galway in this respect? Well, that that's a that's a familiar failing for for Galway. The exact same thing happened yesterday. Like the you know in Pierce Stadium, the, there's not a huge amount to talk about that game. It was a very poor game, but it was a really similar scenario. They're, 
And Port Joyce openly said it afterwards and when we spoke to him that closing out games is not a problem for this team. It's, it's on them that they, they, you know, they were, that game was 16 all when John Daly's fouled. They, they rattled off the next four points. Um, part of that is connected to the conversation we had last week, actually, Paul, in terms of not having the, enough reserves that so Galway just naturally have a poor final quarter. I do think there's something else beyond that. It's kind of a, a mental approach to how they, they close out games and how much panicking they are in possession at that stage. Uh, James, to what extent would you have uh, praised Omar Glockin for that tackling the kind of final against Galway for, for taking the pot? Like, I presume he got a, a pat in the back for what he did there. This is this is the one where it's just, he... a, mist, it's just a mistimed tackle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Morris, I, I don't know what you're you're alluding to at all. Um, yeah, we don't. <laughs> do we want? Do we want to? Do we want to bring that up? Look, that was that was. Um, yeah, that that game up in Salt Hill. Um, we, we were hanging on. Go, we were coming strong, coming strong at us. Um, and and. Um, yeah, go we were going through just about to pull the trigger and own, own got own got contact on. Um I, I can certainly tell you more. Hey, hold on now, James. He got well, contact on. I was asking a question there, but there's no one Morris in the Mayo dressing room that was given out to own. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, can, I can I can tell you tell you tell you that, you know. Uh, look, I you know, is cynicism in, 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 in the in where do you go with cynicism in every sport? Everywhere across the world, you know, from yeah. players rolling in the in the first minute of a game when they're tackling, like those those, you could, how many incidents across the weekend were, and maybe this is something that's creeping together where players sort of, those minor contact and yet players are going down, and rolling. There was a couple of incidents in the in in, in the Armagh game yesterday, you know, or was there contact? Was there really contact there? You know, so what is cynicism? Where does it start and where does it begin? And it, it's through. It's through every sport. It's you can call it cynicism, you can call it gamesmanship, you can call it whatever it is. But you can call the players making decisions based on what's where where things are at. Now there is there is like everything. There's a scale in that. You know the the scale that we talked about when Dubs were pulling down Mayo was pre had to be pre planned, pre ordained, ready to go. If we're in this scenario, this is exactly what we do. And when you're at that level, that's that's a real travesty to the game. Um, but you're never going to eradicate some level of sportsmanship. You could, you know, starts at sportsmanship, maybe ends at cynicism. If, if, if you understand my point, so, so um, yeah, it's 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 in the game. It'll always be in the game. But where it's where there's a, a systematic approach to it, um, it's, it's something needs to happen. There needs to be rule changes. And and in the All Ireland final last year. See, I, 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 I think I'd be with Paddy on this one that there's, there's a lot of people down through the years who praise Kerry footballers for their style and their panache, and really across history it shows it clearly there is no county more ruthless than Kerry footballers when it comes to, uh, to winning matches. And Morris, you, you looked at the turnovers from last year's All Ireland final. What happened in that? Yeah, like that's. I, I think that's exactly what James is, is getting at there. Like, the, and, and you talk about scale and to what extent is this planned and to what extent is it uh, is it controlled? I was at a a GA coaching co- conference. I won't bring up the coach here now, but I was at a, a coaching conference in Crow Park a couple of years ago, and uh, there was a, a hurling coach giving a presentation. It was actually on, um, I think it was on the heart of a team or the kind of team spirit, and he was going through his slides anyway. And accidentally, he put up a slide, and the headline on the slide was tactical fouling. It was from a it was, a, it was supposed to be, and everybody in the room kind of laughed, but it was a knowing laugh because everybody in the new room 
knew that this is this has to happen. Every single team talks about this. It's it's part of the game. If, if clubs or counties are, are talking about this, and this is what you're getting at with Kerry's cynicism. If you go back to 2021 and Kerry lost to Tyrone, like the, the most common how scores come from in Gaelic football now, like if you talk about this in a very simplistic level, the majority of scores are coming from turnovers. So that's I'm attacking, I give the ball to you. We're exposed, there's open lanes, we're vulnerable in that moment, and they go up the other end of the field and score. So I think about 38% of scores last year came on, on a turnover. And that's what killed Kerry against Tyrone in 2021. Like Kerry scored either 2 9 on turnovers. This is we're going forward with the ball, we lose it. They were now vulnerable, they're coming back on top of us, like a counter attack. And that, that, that absolutely killed Kerry. So 2 9 against Tyrone. And it's interesting if you look at you know, all the talk about this new defensive structure and what Kerry did differently. But what actually did they do differently in 2022? So firstly, they I think they had 35 turnovers against Tyrone. They'd only 11 against Scholar in the Ireland final last year. Like that's a straight away, you're onto a runner there. I think two of those were on a kick out. One was, I don't remember, David Moore kicked the ball over the sideline just before half time. David Clifford let it be known that it, it wasn't going to tolerate that. Uh, one or two were dropped into Conor Gleeson. So if you're left with five. And after all five of those, so these are the turnovers you don't want. Like you're in the attacking third, you go back to how where, how the carries two goals come from against Monaghan last year. Monaghan are attacking, turned over in the attacking third. First one is um, Jack Barry tackles. No, sorry, that's the second one. The first one is uh, Tom Sullivan wins the ball, kick pass to Michal Burns, the big sweeping counter attack. There's nothing they can do. Goal. Second goal, the exact same thing. Jack Barry tackles Gary Mohan. Ball comes to Adrian Spland. Kick pass forward. Goal. Coming on a turnover. After those five turnovers in Kerry conceded against Galway, they immediately fouled. Like immediately, you go watch those back. Watch what Stephen O'Brien is doing, watch what Brian O'Brien is doing. It's not a, a black card, I'm pulling you down here or I'm tripping your ankles. It's two hands in here, it's I'm holding you up and slowing you down. You know, this might, might not even be a tick in, but that's that's ta- ta- tactical foul. And that's what a lot of teams are doing. I think if you watch back Kill McCoy this year, this has been an element for as long as Gaelic football has existed, the best teams have kind of pushed the rules or broke them if needs be. And But Kerry were absolutely resorted to that last year. Kim McCullough resorted to that last year. I think that's what Paddy was getting at earlier in relation to if it becomes a, an increasing problem. I, I do think maybe in certain times uh, the onus might be on a referee to keep track of, or I know it's a really hard thing to do, but if players are up towards five, six fouls, that's not happening by accident. But like this is, I'm sure, like this is not, I don't think this is earth shattering like that. I think a lot of teams are doing it, but as often is the case, the best teams happen to be the best at it. Paddy, what a difference a week makes. Cork footballers, I mean, probably on Kerry's to- coattails for Munster title now after the weekend. They go to Fortress, New- Fortress Newbridge. Yeah, it was so, so much fair and, and some score only 2-14 um, and to keep Kildare to seven points. Um, I was there last week against uh, Mead and like after 15 minutes, Cork were, I would say Cork were slightly the better team. It was two, I'd say two very even teams. Like looking at Division 2 before and I just said Dublin, Derry and I would have thought Kildare were kind of battling out for two for three there. I'd have felt Cork, Mead and Clare were in the middle and I thought Limerick and Lowe would struggle. You know, they might clip one yeah. of the, the middle crew, but Kildare are looking like they could be in trouble now because they're going away to Clare next uh, before hosting Derry. So they're they're in serious bother, but Cork is a savage, savage uh, win. Um, so like taking last week a, a very positive 50 minutes and then got caught with a, a turnover and a goal and then kind of collapsed and conceded 2-6 last week against Mead. Like Cork's style is the one thing I'd have been a bit critical of last week. I thought it was it was one dimensional. Um, it, it's very much a running game. Um, there, there there is very little looking up to kick and to move the ball through the lines quickly. As Morris referenced there to Kerry goals yesterday, it was very obvious it was the counter attack kick. 
um, that that kind of beat the beat the retreating defence. Like Cork stuck stuck with thirteen of the same the fifteen that started last week. Um, I got a text off. I was at the game saying after ten minutes saying football is dead. The game is nil all. Um, but I think that's what Cork had to do. They had to go up and just just shut up shop for, for early on. Um, make sure they stayed in the game because we played Newbridge a lot and Jesus, it's a desperate, tough place to play. It's very tight. In 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 hindsight, look at it. Maybe it's suited Cork style of play. The Cork play a running game. Um, and the thing is tight. I think an open game, Cork's, Cork's running game is too attritional. Whereas I think in, in Newbridge maybe it might have suited. And once they got the couple of scores already, Brian Hurley got a couple of scores. Uh, the goal, Sean Powder's goal. Look at it last time in Sunday game. The defending was atrocious. You were looking at it. Um, Powder gave the ball to Hurley, and and there must have been seven or eight Kildare lads with only the two Cork lads to mind. And how they how they left Powder go at the back post was, was criminal. But from a Cork point of view, huge, huge win. We've doubled next or in two weeks' time at home. I'd have been saying if we got one win out of those first three games, I'd have been fairly happy. Um, I didn't think it would come this way. I thought we, we might beat Mead last week and, and struggle against Kildare. But Cork are kind of in a, in a tough place now. The Talton Cup is is kind of the, the the is looming large. If you're if you're you know in relegation trouble, or if you're in sixth place, so we really need to be pushing for the top half. Um, I think Cork are good enough to be just behind the Dubs Derry and that bracket um like last year when cork lost are to cork, are cork are cork not a Talton cup team though is that you know cork westmead cavan you know would that be would that be cork's level yeah uh, look maybe, maybe cork arrogance would say no i think we're i think we're a bit ahead of those teams um like this time last year we we lost to dublin uh a fairly okay performance first half was very decent got blitz a bit in the second half Kerry, similarly, we stayed with it for about 50, 55 minutes in Championship. But we played very defensively against both teams. Um, the only other two games we got in Championship were Loud and Limerick at home. And, you know, I felt that we were just a level above them. No, we didn't. It wasn't easy. But I, I don't think we, we got to look at Cork against a team at their level or slightly above their level. Yeah. You know, Mead or Roscommon. You know, someone, someone of that had come on in. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see where Cork will go if we can just maintain Division 2 status. Get into the into the Sam Maguire, and then you're looking at you know you could have a, a provincial winner like Dublin and a, and a loser like one up like let's say Mayo or Ross Common, and you know another another lower Division One or Division Two team. That would be very interesting to see how Cork would cope. I think we have the potential. Colomani came on again yesterday at halftime, and Connor Corbett is kind of tied up a bit up in Dublin in college. He's not getting much time. I think we have the forwards coming through. Um, we have a massive problem with the amount of scores we conceded yesterday. And again, we're kind of trying to wait to see what Kevin Walsh's influence is. Last week, it wasn't very apparent. I know from everyone up in Mayo and Galway, they'd say defensively, that's what he prides himself on. Um, the last week, the only thing I could see was the kickouts that that Galway kick out. They flood, they flood one side of the pitch, and they did that again yesterday. Um, it, Cork won. I think it was eight out of ten. They won last week, just just launching to the left, a body of about six players and folks in the breaks. I think in time that will be, you know, a better team will hoover that up and, and kind of you'll be breaking even. But I think Cork is a, it's a settled enough team. Like this time when Cork lost Dublin last year, you would have predicted, you know, 12 or 13 of that team that, that are playing at the moment. So that's a good sign for Cork. The turnover isn't as, isn't as yeah. drastic as in the last five or six years. It's not, it's not, the script hasn't been torn up. We have the best players inside in the squad at the moment. There's there's no one outside of that squad who oh, I think should be in there. Um, so Do you think Cork are better than Clare? Uh, like, I if Cork so Cork playing Clare in Championship away in the quarter final, and if we win that, we play Limerick away. I'm sure in the semi final, 
like for Cork to win both those games in championship will be a big ask. Um, Limerick came down here last year and put it up to Cork. I thought we were better, but there's nothing to there's no evidence to say we're better than Clare. We haven't beaten them regularly in the league. Clare have maintained their their division two status. I don't know, is it, is it seven, six, seven, eight years now? Yeah. Um, we're playing so Cork are playing Clare. Cork played Dublin at home and then Limerick at home and then travelled to Clare for the league fifth league game. That's an absolutely massive game. I'd imagine Cork would be on four points, two wins uh, at that stage, a win away to Clare, and I can see Cork almost sneaking the 10 points possibly to be in a show of promotion. Now, that's going and, and beating Loud away and beating Derry at home, but like the, uh, not, not to not to flip-flop or yo-yo too much from being very down last week, but I just thought last week was such an opportunity against a team of your standard at home. I just thought it would have been a huge boost to win that. I think just if you keep winning the games, you should win. You know, losing to Dublin at home in two weeks' time is, is not going to be a travesty. Um, so yeah, I, I would back Cork to beat Clare, but at the same time, that that's an even game. I put Cork, Mead, and Clare. Uh, I would put them on Mead and Keel. Um, but look, I'd be I'd be happy we have the forward line. Um, I just think our style is a bit too one-dimensional. It's all running, and that's I'd have been to a lot of the Cork Kerry minor and twenty games in the last let's say five six years with TG Caron. It's a very obvious thing from Cork football. Like we we've beaten Kerry and, and something we've been the better team often, but it's a very much a running style. Whereas you see Kerry, even when they're losing to us at minor and twenties, it's it's always kicking out from the fence down the down the channels, you know, the, that 20, 30 yard pass. And I thought it was very apparent yesterday against Mon and Kerry's style. It's like, you know, they're without I don't think anyone who started yesterday for Kerry from midfield up starts the all Ireland final or semi-final. I could be wrong on that, maybe one, but they still had the exact same style. Um so for Cork it's it's fine when your running game works and they, they apparently were very defensive and sat back and, and Kildare pushed up massively from what I'm told and, and Cork hit them on the break. Um, it's just, I think you need more to your game that. And look, that will come hopefully, Kevin Walsh, if he, you know... Is he there? Is Kevin, do you hear much coming out of the camp? Have you been talking? Is Kevin down much? Is he there every night? He, uh, what, he, what does it look like? What, what, yeah, what I'm saying he's down, he's down a good bit, but again, I'm sure we reference the Sigerson issue. I'm not sure how, how often they have had a full squad this time last week, Cork had 14 lads playing Sigerson. Um, over the past. So, I mean, you have you have lads playing uh, midweek, weekend. They're not going to be training. I can't imagine the UCC or, C- or MTU Cork lads were, were training midweek. So how much work and how much progression has been done bar, bar tactical clipboards and stuff, I'm not so sure. Um, I, I do think it will it'll be a month or so before you see any real patterns developing as to what Kevin Walsh is implementing because my understanding he's been given free reign to kind of implement his his style yeah and it must obviously it must um it must take time but james division two looks like a serious dogfight and i think paddy made a really good case as to why Cork could sneak in despite everything could sneak in to that second position but uh, if you look at mead you i wouldn't have thought mead were going to be promoted before the league but they've two wins um, in two matches that you could easily have seen Mead last year, Mead would have been on no points from 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 those two matches. Derry and Dublin are probably the favourites for it, but you can make a case for four, yeah. possibly five teams. Oh, it's a it's a, it's it's a fascinating one, you, you know. And every weekend it'll change, and and what you'd, you'd have to fancy Dublin Derry, you, you know, at the outset, Indian after two games. Um, but but the, the teams following suit is 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 um is really interesting. Like Meath 
such a such a bounce they've they've gotten over over the two games. But but even before we go through that, like I I have to feel for Glenn Glenn Ryan today. You know, if you're if you're you're the Kildare manager, um, you know after after a, a strong performance against Dublin in the first game, you know, and 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 um, you know some of their forwards look dangerous. Cosgrove and Highland were, were you know a lot of stuff going well, and then you you know. I think Paddy referenced it there, going to Newbridge or wherever to, to play a game. It's a hard place to go. Be a big crowd there, all that kind of stuff. And to to put in a performance like that like that is, you know, it's one of those moments you go, Jesus, where do we, where do I go from here? Or what's what's going on? For, for that level of inconsistency, uh, your first home game in the league over a week, that's that's hard to deal with or hard to analyze you know why 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 was that so so there'll be a lot of head scratching in in, in, in Kildare today I'm sure uh, and, and to go to Clare to go to Clare next week and Clare Clare were they stayed at it with me despite conceding four yeah. goals three if goals ever there was a good check, we said it last week if ever there was a good check of a team it's Clare yeah you know if you're not if you're not bringing your attitude isn't right playing Clare uh you, you'll, you'll be beaten and um, didn't have Owen Cleary yesterday. Yeah. Didn't have Darren O'Neill. Like so, two of their key players gone, and they're and still competitive. Yeah, I, I, you, you know, you'd, you'd you'd fancy clearing that. I, you know, as I said again last week, we play them so often, clearing challenges, and they're, they're set up and their structure. And Colin Collins, what he's doing, they're a phenomenal bunch. They're a phenomenal team, a, a unit. So, so anything you get off those guys is is, is hard. So that's that's going to be interesting where Claire go or Glenn goes from here because you know. Positive and next thing it's gone up in a puff of smoke, really. Um over the course of weeks, so, so much to do there. But yeah, how it's how it's going to fare out is 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 going to be fascinating. Me, well, if you were, if you were if you were uh, if you were in that position that Glenn Ryan is in, you've you're you're I agree with Paddy before it you would have thought it was Kildare, Derry, or or Dublin to be promoted. That that's what I would have thought was two out of three of those. Now you're two league games in. Positive against Dublin, although didn't win, and then yesterday, uh, like a, a fairly serious thirteen point beating at home to to Cork in a match you're really expected to win is is really serious. What would you do in training on Tuesday night? See, it's a, it's a funny one. Um, I for I I had no, I'm not name dropping here, but I had dinner with Alex Ferguson at an event one night, right? And you know when you're sitting beside Alex Ferguson, Jesus, what the freak do you talk to Alex Ferguson about? Yeah. But I, I, I was just asking him about games. And I Don't talk to him about horses. That's the only <laughs> That's what he said at halftime, the Champions League. All, all this kind of, you, you know, I, I just happened to get a lucky seat. But I was I was taken with, 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 with what he said about games after defeats or players played bad or whatever it is. He said, you know, before the end of the game, he's already moved on. Because they have a game in a couple of days, so if you're if you're down on players or down on the performance and down on everything else, before you know you're into a game, so the mood and everything going into the next game won't be won't be what it should be. So he dresses it and moves on very very quickly. Um, okay, and, you know if you if you if you think of Kildare, right? So if Glenn Ryan starts again, this would be my approach. I'm not saying it's it's the right one, but if you if you go bashing the players. You know their confidence will be for whatever reason their confidence will be low. You know you're going into training the next time, and there's you know there's probably a hard training session coming, or there's loads of negativity around it, and there's loads of people 
players cranky and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, then if the manager and the management team come in and it's all negative and it's all whatever, you're, you're, you can go into a tailspin very quickly, which is, is that of any benefit to you when you're trying to prepare for the, for the next game? So it's a sort of a logical analysis. Here's what we said we'd do. Here's what we did. Why was that? You know, and 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 quickly, quickly move it forward. So, if it if it becomes, you know, the doomsday scenario, it's it's no good to anyone, partic- particularly the Kildare team. So it's a, it's it's about analysing it and moving on quickly and and getting. How can we get the max training session next Tuesday night? What mood do the players need? You know, what what mood do the players need to be in, etc. Is that what you would want, Paddy? Is that how you'd you'd want it to happen, or is there some? Does there sometimes have to be? Uh, a fairly frank exchange about things. Um, no, I'd be very much kind of analytical with things. Uh, I guess like yesterday, Cork lads would probably be getting that video last night um, before they meet up, whether they get their you know individual clips or the whole thing. They would have studied their own stuff back. Um, I'm sure management would have clipped the positives and negatives, whether it be folks on kickouts or, or turnovers. That's a, a huge thing as well with Cork that Morris referenced that the, the lack of turnovers, Cork kept turnovers to a minimum. Now I think I think most players are are I think those video sessions are great. Like I think you really have to be brutally honest in in how you analyze things for this have to be, you know, whether it be structurally your your defensive zone or or, or attacking with the ball and, and you know, if you've got your your mantras of, you know, keeping things wide and, and depth and all that. I think it's very important for fellas to for those things to be pointed out um because i mean the last thing you want is those those errors to repeat there's no need to 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 flip the lid off see if there's things like work rate um and lack of effort you know that's that's a, a serious concern but if it's just kind of tactical stuff you know again i think they can develop that but again home, away to clear and then home to Derry, kill there could be looking at zero from four um you know that's, that's going down the track a bit yeah it just shows the beauty of the of Teams playing at the, around the same level, and uh, there's no certainties. And uh, yeah, look from a car point of view, it's it's all of a sudden we're we're, we're looking up now, and, and things are a bit uh, more optimistic. Oh, Cork or Kildare could be zero from four, and <clears throat> uh, Loud look like they're really, really improving. They're very competitive in this division so far, and that will that will be another good check, as as you, as you, as as James puts it there for 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 Kildare. This could get. This could get really, really, really sloppy very quickly, Morris. It could, yeah. The only thing I would say is that um, I think the further down the divisions you go, Paul, for all the excitement we have about players coming back for for Dublin or for Galway or however, the further down the divisions you go, you feel absences or players coming back much more. These players can make or break your season. Just for example, I think the best I saw Loud play under Mickey Hart was the league final last year against Limerick. Their best player that day was Kieran Byrne. I thought he was phenomenal. I think he had four points yeah. left and right foot. Uh, he's now gone for, like, you'll be absolutely devastated for him. He's gone with an ACL injury, second time doing it. He just turned down yeah. a chance to go back to Australia. Yeah, tremendous to football. Him. Very, very sad to, to see him out. Yeah. So, like, and I think that that really, what happens, particularly when you look at what he offered alongside the fact that you could play him alongside Sam Roy and lighten the load, so to speak, on, a, especially if maybe they're the only two who are going to play in that inside forward line. I think that's that's crucial. And I, that's true. The further down, you, and I, you just mentioned Limerick there briefly. Their best forward last year was Josh, Josh Ryan. I thought he was brilliant. Another player who's who's gone for the year. Uh, I think that's a massive loss, potentially a, an irreplaceable loss. Um, we, I, we only saw clips on the, the of highlights last night, but Dar McVeady back to Cavan. That's yeah, it's huge. Who can genuinely make a season like that. Can like can you you know? I, I was thinking about Fermanagh last year. 
Shea Cullen got man of the match last week. He was away. He um, kept me giving his scores and play. Can you imagine if Shea Cullen was around for Fermanagh against Tyrone in the first round of the US Championship last year? Like, is he worth? And you, you could stick him inside and, and McCurry. Is he is he worth like two or three points? I'd say so. He is. Fermanagh beating the All Ireland champions in the first round of the Ulster makes their season. Like that's I think for those teams having players around. The, and it's true. The further down you go, it's even more true. Wexford had a 24-year-old captain last year. He's gone abroad. Like the further down you go, players being missing has massive losses. And particularly with injuries, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving out somebody. Tipperary, Conor Sweeney, again, like that is that is just such a cr- cruel blow, particularly with the nature of the the calendar now. I was thinking about this yesterday, watching Damien Conner be stretched off for Galway. Like it, it, immediately, he's under the cost. Regardless, if, even if it's not worst-case scenario and um, you know, fingers crossed, we get some good news this week. But even if it's not, you're under the cost because of like Robert Finney's missing six weeks. That's six weeks without training. You're suddenly you're at the start of the championship and you're trying to come up to speed in a year that could be over very, very quickly in, in April, May. So the because of the nature of the, the calendar, those sort of injuries are massive. And then as I think the further down you go, players coming back or particularly missing, it just has it can be detrimental to your entire season. Yeah, and and it's it's one of those things you're right it, it affects disproportionately counties that are that are really dependent who don't have big squads who are who are really who are really under 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 pressure to uh to deliver james i want to go back one step here and it's it's to do with the reaction to a defeat in the league a significant one on players being cranky or a couple of defeats in a row would you ever leave the players just to sort it out themselves Uh, there, there's, there's different approaches you take, you know, like it, depending on, 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 on where things are at, uh, how it is, how you see it. And uh, some of the guys mentioned there, there's, there's various levels of defeat, if that, if that makes sense. You know, if, if, there's a, a, if, if you lose a game and you're doing your stuff, your, your, your effort and application and attitude was very, very strong and you got pipped by a team that played better on the day, you know, that's, that, that's what at, at the opposite end is. I, I think what Paddy said: if if the effort, attitude, uh, work rate just 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 wasn't there, um, they're two they're two very different. Um, again, that scale of of defeat, if you like. So you 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 react very differently to to those scenarios. You, every every team, and you know you 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 particularly hear it with with, with rugby and you know with the, six, the Six Nations at the weekend. You know the leadership group. Um, it's probably not as formal in, in 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 Gaelic, you know. But but every team has a has a heartbeat. Every team has has you know a range of players that are very experienced, very clever players, know the pulse, um, and and they have a group that that can set a tone very very well. And you know, some that, that can be young players or old players in a group. Yeah, and a lot a lot of a lot of discussion can happen. Straight after game, particularly in league, because there's such quick turnaround. You know, you might, you know, if you're playing on a Sunday and it's you're away, you might train till the Wednesday of that week because you want the guys back in there to recover, or whatever. You know, so you might only get them together once before you play the following Saturday or, 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 or whatever it is. So sometimes you have to use that hour after everyone's showered or whatever in the dressing room. And, and a lot of times that some of those experienced players um, can certainly drive a lot of a, a lot of what's needed there and then. And then, as a, like if, if uh, you know, as a manager, you can roll in with that, or add to that, or maybe challenge that even based on what's been said. What's been said. So would, it's would very there much ever have been, a combination. Sorry for cutting across you. Would there would no, there no. ever have been um, 
would there ever have been a time when Killian O'Connor, for example, or Colin Boyle or Lee Keegan would have come to you and said, look, we'll sort this out? Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, and and you'd, you'd, you'd try and create the situation where players would take... Um, would take a lot of lot of responsibility, or would take um, um, uh, ownership of a lot of those situations. No, it's a it's a double edged sword. You know, it, it can be a double edged sword because you know a lot of a lot of a lot of managers. Now I've, I've had to work through this. You know, if you give players too much, Jesus, they're designing tactics, or they want to do this, or they want to do that, or they want to do the other, and then you're over here as a management team, and you're worried about where they're going, and oh my god, and all this kind of stuff. And then in between that, there's, there can be confusion. So it's a when you get your group together, you know that leadership group. Let's call it that. There, you need to be. Well, who was your leadership group in Mayo? You had Killian O'Connor and who else? I presume Killian O'Connor, given his intelligence and his achievements, I presume he was one of them anyway. I think you know, there's it, it 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 changes, but there's a heartbeat. Obviously, Killian with his experience, you'd be talking about Aidan O'Shea. You'd be talking about the captain. So you'd have you'd, you'd, you know the captains when I was there was Stephen Cohn. And the two vices were were, were Paddy uh, Durkin and Tommy Conroy. So Tommy, you know, and then you'd have you'd have probably Ryan O'Donoghue on that because Ryan would be a very good reader of the game. Tommy would lead by by action indeed. So so that and they're they're hugely respected by the rest of the group. But they're some some dependent. Sometimes you'd, you'd have a vote. The team would vote in their their leadership group. Sometimes it naturally forms. It, it, you know, so again, the, each group is different. Or each team is different. So, as, as a management team, you're, you're 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 trying to address that. But you you want your players to to step up and 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 move things forward for sure. Paddy, Paddy, when you were playing, were you one for standing up and talking in a dressing room, um, or for, no, for, for, for going and sorting things out if they needed? I, to I probably would have been more like if I would have felt there was an issue in the half forward kind of talking to the, the, the half forwards you know individually or or whatever um yeah James it's, it's a tricky one I'd say for a manager like because uh, you know whatever you know uh leadership or you allow the players to own ownership that you allow the players to take it's very important the manager still has that you know that authority and and, and that the players know that the, the manager is is the boss and that they show that regularly I think that's really important that they that whatever whatever leeway or, or bit of rope they give the players, that the manager is always strong enough and shows that they they're in charge. And like most managers nowadays would bounce tactical stuff off players, um, but that doesn't mean they'll they'll take you know they'll they'll, they'll swap their own uh, opinion. So yeah, I think the, the modern game it's so different now to like when I started playing, let's say club twenty years ago, um, even playing county going back ten years ago, things are so so different now. It's just it's way like it was. You know, the dictator, the manager was was um, just instructions. You do what you're told. Now it's it's very very much a collaborative thing. Um, and even you know the way sessions go, you've you've different people doing different jobs. You know, I even saw the car pointers there the last couple of years, watching one or two of their sessions. And you know, the backs be here working with defensive coach and forwards up there and keepers here. And it's just so much more. Um, the, the attention to detail is so much better, and it's so much more tailored towards uh, players. It's um, even drills wise like going back going back to say let's say 2010 it was all drills it was it was just about getting the speed of drills up to, up to speed you know can you can you do things at a massive intensity a massive speed whereas nowadays it's all game-based stuff uh, and that change has only happened in the last decade so um you know it's it's i would say trainings are far more enjoyable and i'd imagine um the environment is far more enjoyable 
the season condensing, I think, would be, I can imagine, is a huge plus for the county players. That, you know, I know teams are training since probably September, October, but, uh, you know, from, from January now to whenever it finishes, it's there's a nice balance of matches and trainings. Paddy, I'd be, uh, there weren't allowed training in September and October, so I'd be certain that no county team uh, went back before the allotted date. There'd be no tradition of that ever happening in, in, uh, in Gaelic football at, 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 uh, at any point. Uh, to turn quickly before we finish to Division Four, Leitrim and Leash look like they're they pushed ahead, um, or, or or will push ahead in this. Morris referenced Wexford being down, Martin O'Connor, and it, it's kind of stunning, really, to look at Wexford where there are a lot of good footballers, uh, and yes, they're they 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 look stuck. Um, Leitrim, James, wh- wh- how do you view Leitrim? Yeah, great start. <clears throat> Obviously, and Andy, Andy in 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 there doing well. Had a good win yesterday over London. So so they're they're exactly exactly where they they'd want to be. Um, and you you know they their year is set up now. You know the the even the championship draw in Connacht is 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 looks looks very good for for a Division fourteen to get to 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 a provincial final. You know so. Um, there's there's a huge carrot there for for, for Leitrim and, and and Andy Andy will be driving them on. But there's you know when you when when you look at it, Sligo are not going to not going to go away either. They're they're knocking around there obviously being the first game, but they're they're there on two points and so there's still there's still um, a lot of competition there. London are no no walkover either. So so. Um, but but as as regards Leach and Leash, it, I suppose Leash certainly you, 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 you'd expect them. Um, Andy will be very happy with how the season started, and and it, it's it's all to play for for from there. Morris Morris, what, what what should we look for over the next couple of weeks? There's a free weekend next weekend, and then the league comes back uh, with some with some fairly incredible games. Really, in in two weeks, I'm Kerry. Uh, away at at Mayo, I think Monaghan Donegal in Division One. Whoever loses that is in is in an awful lot of trouble in 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 Division One. In the second division, second division, obviously it's Cork Dublin. I think Derry Mead is now um, a very big game. Clare Kildare is 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 a huge uh, is a huge game in that one. And of course, the big game of the weekend that weekend. I think there'll be ten thousand people in Mullingar to watch Westmead and Offaly. I think there'll be a huge crowd at that game. It's whoever wins that has got a great chance of being in the hunt with Down and Cavan in in promotion. And then in Division Four, Carlow Leash, Wexford Leitrim. Like there's a lot of games. What 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 are you looking for in the next couple of weeks? One of the nicer things out of this is to see the the buzz that is building. Like I don't know if you saw the crowd. They were following me yesterday. Um, Eisenpair Stadium. There were seven thousand there. I'd say half of them must have been from Roscommon. The fact that they've are two wins from two and are now welcoming Armagh in two weeks' time. I think to be very like the hike could sell out <laughs> for Club, for game. Club Rossi on <laughs> tour and now uh, comes uh, home. Uh, another massive game that you, you didn't mention there in two weeks' time. I think Galway and Tyrone is suddenly an absolutely huge game in June because Galway are under the cost here. Um, this is the first time I think they've got a, a proper chance to get everybody together. Kind of ten days of good solid work, but. They lose that game and they're staring relegation in the face. Like there's that's a serious, serious onus on them. Just to go back to a team we touched on last week, um, and James kind of spelled this out really well. The, like the, I do think that these two weeks are defined by, you know, Sigurdsson. You're scrambling around. You don't have pairs available. You're kind of coming back together. It could be anything and anything. You would see a lot more shape. You would hope to see evidence of 
whoever it may be, Kevin Walsh and Cork, um, if you believe it or not, Jim McGuinness may be in down, this kind of thing, you would start to hope to see a bit more fingerprints on teams in by round three, round four than what we've seen over the last two weeks. So you can probably put a bit more stock in those games and there's certainly a lot more significance in them for the likes of of Galway or Loud or teams are kind of certain to look over their shoulders now. Okay, well, thank you all. Thank you very much. Uh, James, I want to finish with one question. Um, if you were looking across the fence to Galway, Tyrone, who do you hope wins that match? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Morris is right on, on, on Galway. You know, Shane Walsh, I'm not sure he'll be back for that game. He won't be back for that game. Jamie Comer, Robert Finnerty, they're three brilliant players, I think it's, it's fair to say. So, you know, Galway, such a good year last year. Um, and then then facing facing you know if that game doesn't go well if Tyrone win that game I'd say you know the pressure's on in Galway um, and I, I'm sure uh, Mayo will be playing Galway again uh, at some stage this year so so <laughs> so does that I don't know if that answers your question uh, yeah. <laughs> so so you're basically telling me you hope Tyrone win because you want to keep Galway down for <laughs> for the spring at least what what else would I, would I say? What else? Would I say? <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Um, thank you to Larry Ryan for running this podcast, to Raf Rocca, to Jack Neville, to Tony Lean, and to everyone at Examiner Sport. Thanks to Alliance for their support. A huge thanks to James Horn, to Paddy Kelly, to Morris Brosnan for joining us today. Bemitcher Nashgalul. Alliance supporting all thirty-two counties through the Alliance leagues.